from PRX. Studio 360. Hi, this is Kurt, and we have some podcast specialness for you. What you're hearing is a track by DJ Shadow from the record that first got him noticed in a big way. It's called Introducing. Introducing turns 20 this week. It's in the Guinness Book of World Records as the very first album made up entirely of electronic samples of earlier music. A lot of the sounds come from LPs that DJ Shadow rescued from 50-cent bins somewhere. He has been fascinated by vinyl since he was a kid, a kid named Josh Davis. I always had a lot of appreciation for how durable records are because you can really put them through paces and they'll still play. And I remember once, as an experiment, I left it out on our driveway and I was really disappointed when after a week of 90-degree heat, nothing happened. And it just wouldn't warp and I remember thinking, like, what a ripoff. That's why I liked records, because you could abuse them, you could love them, you could play with them, and they would still provide the music you were looking for. Some years ago, one of our producers, Derek John, was dying to do a story about DJ Shadow. Derek had been a super fan since his days as a college radio DJ at the University of Kansas. KJHK 90.7 FM. We are your sound alternative. I DJed a morning show called Breakfast for Beat Lovers. And if you think that title is cheesy, well, you should have heard the host. Call me up, 864-4747, with requests, shout-outs. Give props to your homies. <clears throat> Did I mention it was an all-volunteer radio station? But the best thing about hosting Breakfast for Beat Lovers was that I got to play a ton of DJ Shadow. Let's start off with this DJ Shadow joint. And back then, nobody else did beats quite like him. With two turntables and a pair of headphones, Shadow elevated record scratching from parlor trick to high art. But who was the guy? Shadow was as elusive as his name. And it was only later that I discovered the great DJ Shadow was just a white kid from the suburbs, like me. One, two, one, two, Mike Chick. I was born in San Jose. And we moved to a place called Davis, California when I was five. We were a semi-struggling middle-class kind of household. Like I had an AM radio that I would just put a little $10 kind of cassette recorder up against the speaker and record an urban AM station called KFRC. I still want to find the cassette of when I, you know, leaned over as I was about to fall asleep and put the uh, cassette recorder to the speaker. I think my mom and my stepdad come in and go, like, what, are you what is this? But to their credit, you know, they just kind of shook their head and closed the door. Behind that closed door, an aspiring young DJ was doing his homework, studying guys like Jam Master J of Run DMC. When I finally got a turntable in 84, I was able to imitate the patterns, but I didn't know the records. I didn't know what that was. Nah, nah, nah. Or the, like, uh, rocket in the pocket, which took me years to figure out. I remember um, just being, like, incredibly excited to hear the original source. I know exactly how Shadow feels. There's a strange thrill in discovering an original sample after first hearing it used in a hip-hop beat. 
And by the time I heard DJ Shadow's own work in the late 90s, it was a revelation. Nothing but samples. Ooh, hold up, before we get started. Guess who's coming? It's Guess who's coming? It's Guess who's coming? DJ Shadow. Back, back, back again. Who is he? Just your favorite DJ Savior. In the process of working on introducing, there'd be times where... You know, you just get stuck. You write yourself into a corner, whatever the analogy would be, where you kind of go, you know what, I'm confused, I'm stuck. You're just fessing, man. I don't even want to hear about it. You're just fessing. And so what I would do is get in my car, drive half an hour to Sacramento, and go to a store there that I had recently acquired access to the basement. Now, any vinyl junkie knows that a record store basement is hallowed ground, accessible only to a chosen few. After being turned down several times, eventually I got the deep breath and the, okay, but just don't, you know, be careful down there. Don't move stuff around. Shadow was in, but did he know what he was in for? There'd be lots of times where part of the roof would fall on a stack of records. So as I'm flipping through them, you'd basically blow a big cloud of the stuff into your face and just sit there and cough for a while. And then there was the mummified bat. Yeah, mummified bat. At a certain point, I thought maybe I should start wearing a mask, but it just didn't feel right. Today's DJs have it easy. They can just grab anything they need from their computer hard drive, whereas Shadow spent months rummaging around for his beats. You could go to a different part of the basement on any given day, and it occurred to me that karmically, you know, depending on what I found that day, it would decide the course of the work that I did. Any pivotal sample that you care to think of, chances are I found it down there. At least eight of those samples were used in one track called Changeling. The opening keys are from the Chaffee College Jazz Ensemble, whoever that is. There's a bass line from some obscure German krautrock band. Two different drum samples, one from New Orleans Funky Meters. And another from a 60s Canadian band called Motherload. Yep, motherload. By the end of the track, we've heard vocals from Loudon Wainwright III, a clip from a John Carpenter movie, and guitar licks from a New Age healer named Kay Gardner. Kay who? In the end, it doesn't really matter. I was kind of interested at the time in um, taking a 4-4 beat or taking a straight-ahead break and kind of getting into other time signatures, taking them completely out of their element, really just kind of freaking it. I wanted to make people go, wait a minute, how did he do that? Rap was about taking what was around you when you had nothing and making something original out of it. And that was the same with sampling. I mean, I liked the whole renegade um, kind of robbery aesthetic of it. A lot of it was kind of a middle finger, like, I'm going to take your, you know, famous song that you all love, and I'm going to just sort of pee on it. 
because that's hip hop. That's that's you know it's confrontational. Wait a minute, confrontational? That's not how DJ Shadow comes across. More like a quiet professor of vinyl studies. Each sample a footnote in his dissertation. Now, let me give you the picture of, of what's going but as much as Shadow reveres the past, he doesn't want to be stuck there himself. It, it is supposed to still be about looking forward, and and that's why I think I tend to support aspects of hip-hop and rap music that do look forward. On his last album, Shadow tried something different, producing a more hardcore, aggressive rap from the Bay Area. If you look at online fan sites, people hated it. So, Shadow's got a little problem on his hands. Twelve years ago, he made Introducing, a record that was so good, fans like me still haven't gotten over it. But we gotta give the guy a break. As an artist, you, you, you hope that eventually you make something that people connect to so emotionally that they feel like they own part of it. But it was called Introducing with an E&D for a reason. That's why I've never really felt that I need to kind of uh, repeat it or expand on it or explore it further. That's DJ Shadow back in 2008 talking about his record Introducing. And it turns out he has repeated and expanded on it considerably. There is now a three CD, six LP reissue of the album in honor of the 20th anniversary. It's called Introspective. Thanks to Derek John for bringing us that story. We'll have a new edition of the 52-minute weekly show here in the podcast on Thursday. Till then, thanks for listening.